to If I Don't Disc, the best podcast dedicated to the discography of the band Mule. This is Tim. This is Matt. We're back with another uh, series of albums to listen to. So who the hell is Mule? Well, for me, it's the second band I ever saw live. They played in between Poster Children and Girls Against Boys at a show headlined by Jesus Lizard. And I think I discussed this previously on one of the other episodes. Because I went to look up when this show happened. I went, oh, I've been here before. So I'm thinking maybe during the Belly episodes. Anyways, that show took place when I was newly 16 at the Louisville Gardens. The morning of the day I was planning to purchase the tickets, I got my first speeding ticket. And I knew I was in deep shit. And I knew that not going to show might be a real possibility for punishment because i was probably oh 16 and a half i had barely had my license so i made the decision to skip school and go buy the tickets that morning <laughs> and see what happens it was a risky gambit they could have still told me no even though i'd pay for the tickets but my cousin was going along so i thought maybe they'll feel bad for him because his family was more financially disadvantaged than ours right, so right. a bigger budget hit for him to spend that kind of money which was probably like 25 dollars for the tickets probably 20 honestly <laughs> so like every good capitalist i decided to exploit the, pl- the poor to get what i want Makes sense. i was paranoid that my parents already would know about the ticket by the time i got home <clears throat> i was 16 and a half i thought this was something that was reported directly to your parents <laughs> so i went right in the house and started talking about it just assuming they knew and they did not oh. <laughs> got on me a little bit about that and then i brought up that i had bought the tickets and my mom was on fire she was pissed because she knew that i knew <laughs> there was no way I was going to get to go to that show if I didn't already have the tickets in hand. The only punishment I received was that I could not see my girlfriend for a week, which was fine because I think I broke up with her like two or three days after the show anyways. <laughs> and that we were no longer allowed to drive ourselves because that was part of it too. We were going to get to go to downtown Louisville, so we had to be picked up and dropped off. Mule themselves left very little impression on me that night. I was already a Jesus Lizard fan. It did make me a Girls Against Boys fan. And, you know, the poster children stick out more because it's still the first band I ever saw. So I kind of wanted to go back and see what it was that my cousin liked because he left that show with, I think, a cassette and a, t- a t-shirt. And wow. it was the first time I'd ever seen reference to opening a can of whoop-ass. Oh. And this was pre, pre like, Stone Cold Steve Austin right around yeah, all yeah. the time, which I think, for me, is definitely the biggest cultural reference when it comes to that i think even for me that's the biggest cultural reference and this would have happened like two or three years before he hit big like he was already wrestling but he was not stone cold steve austin Right. And then, basically, the other reason was Skinnegration was a huge project, and Matt and I wanted something shorter. Yeah. And this band only has two albums, so we're getting this one done in two eps. Before we get into all that, let's do our usual. We got match play. It's a triple threat match. The title of the song is Heretic. The bands are Soundgarden, Avenged Sevenfold, and Symphony X. Matt, who would you like to start with? Uh, I started with Soundgarden. Thinking, hey, I know this band. Right. Uh, hey, I didn't know this side of this band. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, this was, I know it from the Deep Six comp. It might have been on other things. But I had I had already owned this one. It That comp had a bunch of Seattle bands in their early years. Okay. And the only one on there that was probably somewhat developed at that point was the Melvins. Okay. There are two songs I remember. Right. But yeah, I mean, like I know some Soundgarden stuff, but not this. This is definitely like, for me, this would be B-side. Oh, yeah, that's why this is a complete B-side situation on this. Uh, Soundgarden, you know, I've listened to them, it feels like almost my whole life, but since I was like 13, 14, yeah. when they probably would have hit, and I just never got into them. This song's not going to get you into Soundgarden this if is, you're not no, into them. this is not. It just generally all around sounds kind of half-assed, too, because I have listened to some of their other earlier works mm. that would have come out that these would have been the b-sides for they were better than this so not a great sound garden song 
next to Avenged Sevenfold. And I've tried this band several times because I don't try to dismiss bands just out of hand because they're on a corporate label anymore right. like I used to do for decades <laughs> right. far too long. I, we talked about it. I'm not a huge fan of 2000 Whatever. heavy rock yeah. metal at all. This is, wasn't Avenged Sevenfold late 90s? Uh, yeah, they were sort of late 90s. I think this album might have been from the 2000s. So. That could be the lead, yeah. Yeah, they were still on that 98 to 2002 era. Yeah. But the only thing I can know, like I've heard a good number of Avenged Sevenfold songs because I did a stint with that type of music in like high school and stuff. And the only thing I noted, like, this song sounds like it has a different drummer. Oh, yeah. Than their normal stuff. I wouldn't know them enough to But, know, like, to other than that, like, this song is definitely an Avenged Sevenfold song. I put down that it was, uh, it's video game metal. Like, sports video oh, games yeah. where they have sort of mixed soundtracks where it'd be some rap, sometimes country, you know, heavy yeah. rock, softer rock. Kind of depending on what team you're playing. I, no, just like the menu music, things like that. Oh, yeah. In between plays, something like, uh, it's NBA 2K is what it made me think of that series. That's the type okay. of metal song they would put on one of those games, I think. Yeah. And then the last band was Symphony X. So, strange enough that you say video gamey for Avenged Sevenfold, because right. this definitely feels like a very modern action game sounding in certain places. Oh, it's this is a more pure metal song, is what I was thinking. It's got double bass and, like, speedy guitars. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's... But it, it also has that, like, the fall-off location sometimes, where and then it'll just, like, oh, you're falling into this mystery place, and then boss fight! Right. <laughs> I mean, the thing about metal is I do tend to actually like the musical half of it, but I don't like metal vocals the 80s style. Oh, right. And this guy does 80s style metal vocals, but just higher production levels. You can kind of tell that. Yeah. Uh, the drums are amazing in this song. Yeah. It was a bit too long, I thought. It was like six minutes or something. It Yeah, it was definitely longer than it should be, or could be, I guess. Yeah. But it did get me interested enough in hearing more of their music. Like, I actually looked up different other songs, which was a big mark for me, because I don't normally do that with match plays. I think uh, the biggest surprise of all is that we picked the song title, and it's Heretic, and they were all basically different versions of metal. Yeah. And I'm um, being sarcastic we should have just expected nothing but yeah. metal on this one i mean i'm, I'm a little uh, surprised there wasn't more of like a i guess even should have been like gospel metal like i was gonna say rock. there should have been some sort of christian gospel band that's like which i more fire and brimstone yeah. fucking heretics yeah please pray but that might also just be us because i'm, I'm sure that there is band. something out there called <laughs> heretic by some you know church rock something or another you know going in i knew that i remembered that heretic song so i was like you know what i bet sound and ends up winning this just for nostalgia reasons because mm-hmm. I have to listen to that song a million times. I had forgotten which one it was on that soundtrack or on that compilation. Yeah. It is so bad. So I'm going with Symphony X just because I felt like they did a more pure metal song. I think Vince Sevenfold gets popped up a little bit too much. Yep. Hey, and maybe again, we talked about this, maybe that era is just all production is the problem with me and those bands. I could be. But I'm, I'm the, I mean, I went Symphony X too. Nice. Uh, I went into it thinking because I, I enjoy a good amount of Soundgarden's other stuff. It's middle of the road for me. I don't hate it, but I've never fallen in love with sound. I mean, I won't skip it if it shows up on my Pandora, but not not all the time. Yeah, there's not many I would skip from. Maybe Spoon Man. Yeah, I mean, depending on the mood. Yeah, kind of. But other than that, I would just let it play through. Yeah, whereas, I mean, Symphony X is one of those that I'll probably... And I even noted in here, it's probably something that I'll listen to while I'm, like, grinding in an RPG or replaying a section of a level in a... Just kind of that upbeat drive. (laughs) All right, Symphony X, you win the... Heretic Hardcore Triple Threat Match. Well, bam. It's too bad. I thought this week was going to be Shark Week. All right, well, let's get into Mule. And to be honest, not a lot of history to give you on Mule. <laughs> I bet not. They, I mean, you know, they weren't a huge band. 
They did last a while, though. They were formed in 91 in Ann Arbor, Michigan by P.W. Long, and he was in some other brand, band previously, but I didn't know the band. Uh, and then Jim Kimball and Kevin Monroe rounded out the trio. Those two were both in a band that I do like and listen to, The Laughing Hyenas, so I was pleasantly surprised to read that. Band disbanded in 1996, so they lasted about five years. Today's album is their self-titled do- debut. It was released on Quarterstick Records. The album was produced by uh, Steve Albany, who worked with Robert Plant and Jimmy Page, The Pixies, Cheap Trick, and probably most well-known as the producer of Nirvana's In Utero. Oh. Let's get down in that song breakdown. First up, Mississippi Breaks. After listening to the album a few different times, it's a stellar intro. Yeah. To this album, it gets you into like, hey, what's this band doing? Huh? I mean, which, overall, you're going to probably hear this a lot. It's sort of punk rock with a southern rock tinge to it. Yeah, I got, I definitely, like, it, it took me a couple of listens, but it's, it. This song, in general, is pretty heavy. It's energetic, though. It's not, like, slow, which some of them later on do get to be. Yeah. I, I don't tend to like southern rock in general, but I like some of the southern-y guitar licks that were thrown in on this one. Yeah, I mean, the only issue I had, really, with this song is that the lyrics were a bit tricky to pick out sometimes. Oh, yeah, you're going to have all kinds of trouble yeah. trying to listen to that shit. But I will say some of the later, like, songs, and I'll get into that, they were easier. But this one, I can't, like, some spots it was instrumentals. Like, the instruments were louder than the vocals, which I'm sure is pretty normal for... Well, that's the thing. I think this band, this song in particular, they lean more heavily on the punk rock yeah. of it instead of the southern rock hat. Right, which makes sense. Although, the song later, I guess, we'll discuss. I'm sure Matt's wondering how I'm going to handle saying the title of the next one. Uh, no, I'm really not. I've just decided how I'm going to handle it is make Matt say it. Oh, great. Because <laughs> I have struggled to say this one to myself every time I say it, because the word I want to use is a combination of the two words. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, we'll just, it's what every white and racist term knows. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that song title would not get by today. No. And you know what? Probably shouldn't a have been. A little surprising up by that. Uh, yeah, probably shouldn't have been, especially with them going for that southern rock sound. Yeah. It's almost, I mean, I guess people that listen to southern rock may feel that way about themselves. Maybe. But it's something they probably should have avoided. Definitely a stretch for a group that, based on the album art, I'm guessing is from Michigan. Yeah. Ann Arbor. <laughs> yeah. The worst part, though, really, is that it's just kind of a boring mid-tempo song. I yeah. think it had a strong opening, and then it just got forgettable after that. I do have to say, I still have no idea what that individual knows. I don't know either, because I don't understand any of the lyrics, up except for this next song, I'm Hell. Yeah. And I only understand the lyrics, because this is one of two Mule songs that I owned before we, when we first started talking. Talking about doing this. These were the only two songs I had to even go, well, they'd probably be worth listening to. There's a bit of a, I almost say blues tone. Yeah, this one's bluesy. Yep. Oh. Hey, uh, I think it feels badass, and it makes you feel badass when you're singing I'm Hell. Yeah. <laughs> the style just probably playing a heavy factor for me on this one, but I'm giving it high marks. I know, it's a great song. Solid. I mean, I mean, I do enjoy blues. Right. So this song is good. Like, I don't know, it's just a good Serious sound. Serious a heart attack. Right? It's, <laughs> yeah, it's no, like I that know. Punky, punky blues sound. Like, yeah, this one is more of a blues than a southern rock influence. Yeah. That is true. Uh, next up was Drown. This was the first song on the album where I went, oh, okay, yeah, I know that guy's in like, Laughing Hyenas, the bass line in it. Okay. Because it was a very Laughing Hyenas bass line for sure. I like the uses of the dual vocals on this one. Oh, yeah. No. I just had another change in vocal delivery, but yeah. it does make it different. Like they did. Yeah, and they used the dual vocals on a few more on here, mm-hmm. or at least one more on here, too. I can't pinpoint exactly when. I really need to learn to take timestamps in my notes. But there was like an electric twang almost sound in the background. I don't know if it was throughout or in a specific part. Right. But it was like the normal twang you would hear in country music, but done with an electric guitar. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
I wasn't a fan of the breakdown part in this song, but it wasn't bad. I, I still don't think it's the best song, period. Uh, I think they're about 50-50 for me so far yeah. in this album. Next was Now I Truly Understand. This was a speedy acoustic blue song, uh, almost a bluegrass without a banjo. Yeah. And I really liked it. I think it helped mix up the album quite a bit, and I wouldn't have minded if they did a few more of these, because it was just him and a guitar. Yeah. And I really enjoyed it. I wish done a little bit more of it, maybe actually thrown in a little banjo or, you know, some violin, I guess fiddle. Fiddle would be the, yeah, the instrument there if it's not a banjo. But no, it's a solid bluesy, more bluesy than punk, but still. Oh, yeah. It, other than speed. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's just a sped up blues song. Like. Lucky, I found to be just more simplistic Southern rock. Wait, did uh, we skip Mama's Reason to Cry? Oh, you're right. You're right. Mama's Reason to Cry. Uh, this one had the another solid set of dual vocals. Yes. Uh, you could loosely call them harmonies. Loosely. Very loosely. <laughs> but it is what but they're trying to do. It's conflicting harmony? Like... <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is another one, man, I not keep bringing up, but it is really just, they're doing a very stripped-down version of Southern Rock. They're taking out a lot of the solo nonsense that yeah. Southern Rock has and just cutting it down to what's in every Southern Rock song. It's not a whole lot of variety to discuss not really, with no. this album in general. They definitely, like, narrowed down their sound pretty quick. <laughs> Yeah. And, and kind of settled on what they were doing. Yeah, they, yeah, they don't really, there's not much experimentation at all. No. I mean, outside of the, what now I truly understand. Yeah. And I think my, I Am Hell's a better version of the things they've already, they're doing on the other songs. And yes. the same with the opener. Yep. Lucky, just more simplistic Southern rock. The monologue parts, you know what I'm talking about? Yep. Mm-hmm. Just him and a bass and some drums, I think. I think the guitar is all that really drops out. Yeah. I, I made note in a couple of songs, I really need to learn the difference between the different stringed instruments. Because right. I realized that I can't identify the difference between a guitar and a bass very that's, well. That's just crazy talk. But I also determined I need to buy a set of headphones, but we can discuss that in the overall. Oh, yeah, you should. A good set of headphones. The set of headphones I have is not quality. This song uh, reminded me, at least with that part of it, it reminded me of another song that Jesus Lizard did where David Yao did something similar. <laughs> we kind of already talked about it, but I also put down this band has a core sound and they don't deviate from they, it at all. <laughs> I will point out that this is, well, technically on the playlist you sent me, this is the second song with a five minute runtime or more, but Mama's Reason to Cry had two minutes of dead air. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, at the end. <laughs> yeah, which uh, I couldn't figure out. Like, I mean, I know sometimes because we listen to YouTube through YouTube because, yeah. well, we talk, I think I make note of that in here later as to why we listen to this one on YouTube. Oh, yeah, I bet. Oh, I forgot what I was saying. What did you say last? Uh, I was talking about the runtime of Lucky for being over oh. five minutes. Well, I know sometimes on YouTube they do that with popular songs so that the algorithm doesn't automatically yeah. catch it and delete it, but I don't think... It, I no. think I may be the only person that's listened to us both that probably put twice as many views as I had before we started this. <laughs> I was a little surprised. Probably. I didn't pay attention, but I wouldn't be surprised. I think when I went back yesterday to do the listen and take notes... Like, your playlist has a lot of views. Yeah, this dude, whoever <laughs> originally uploaded them, probably did it years ago, and all of a sudden he's getting emails like, you had 20 fucking views in three days. Yeah. What is going on? <laughs> I completely forgot about putting them up altogether. Probably. And Sugarcane Zuzu. The bass line in this song is Laughing Hyenas. In fact, this whole song is kind of, it feels like a Laughing Hyenas song, but with the southern guitar put on top. Okay, yeah. I mean, just the bass deviates a lot more. I honestly didn't pay much attention to the guitar because I was listening so heavily into the bass. Right. And the vocalist on this one reminded me of the of Tad from the band Tad, which 
I don't know that one. Uh, yeah, no. I like the bass parts a lot, but I also like the Laughing Hyenas, so it just was kind of a natural fit on that one. And for this one, I don't know if it was the vocals or just everything. Like, sounded more rock-focused than punk rock-focused. Maybe, yeah. It, like I said, the bass lines were a little more advanced, so took but it out of just being sort of standard punk rock. Yeah. yeah. But I would still definitely, like, I would squarely put this in punk rock, just more emphasis on rock than punk. And that's it. Eight songs. I went back to Amazon to double-check the track list. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, is that right? Is it really only eight? Yeah. Uh, when Matt and I first started talking about doing this podcast, you could get copies on Amazon for 100 bucks or something. Like, $108, I think, was the only copy on there. Yeah. I was like, well, Matt, we're going to have to listen to this some other way because I'm not paying 108 bucks. Yeah. But since that happened, because it's been a while that we've talked about <laughs> oh, this, yeah, no, it's... it's apparently available on Amazon Music now. Oh, nice. Uh, digital copies, which affected the physical copy price because now you can get... A physical copy for $49. Oh, wow. Still a little bit out of my budget. Yeah, and so that still seems a little high for... Overall, what, you know, here. what they're trying to do, they're doing well. I mean, they if they were shooting for a combo of Southern Rock and Punk Rock, they did it. Yeah. Uh, with some blues mixed in. <laughs> with some blues mixed yeah. in. Yeah, true. <laughs> like, On the other hand, part of the reason I got into Punk Rock was because I hated Southern Rock. I grew up in a very Southern small town, and yeah. I hated Leonard Skinner and ACDC and all those bands. Fair enough. Because their fans were dickheads. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. But I don't want to be completely dismissive either because they're trying something different than the other bands that they were around at that time. Like half the bands that were listed that they toured with or the labels they shared, I knew all those bands and they at least sounded different. If you went to a show, you weren't getting kind of the same Chicago sound, which they're not from Chicago, but a lot of the other bands they played with were. Right. There's another band that did the same sort of thing that I like more. They're called the Young Pioneers, but they also went very heavy into the punk rock area area okay. of it, and this band goes more towards southern rock yeah i mean like my first note is i came in knowing absolutely zero about mule and i was not prepared for what mule was <laughs> right like, if i knew somebody who really enjoyed southern rock i would recommend this album to them i, can see this as I would like i would be like hey it's uh you know you're not gonna get your solos and stuff but you might like this on the other end i don't think i would recommend it to somebody that i knew was into punk rock no. There's a couple of songs that I could recommend to anybody who likes regular, like rock and roll, or even like... Oh, yeah, I think Mississippi Vaguely breaks. blues songs. Like, yeah. There's a few songs in here that I could recommend to pretty much people who like almost any genre of music, really. I was going to say, give it a listen. Yeah. Maybe not the whole album. I'd definitely say, you know, go back, go Pick give Mississippi choose. Breaks and I'm Hell to listen. Yeah. If you like those two, then, then maybe check out the yeah. whole album. I wish they had done a couple more like Now I Truly Understand, because I think that would have led to a somewhat more interesting listen. Oh, yeah. So I decided to go two out of five stars. Yeah, solid two. With the caveat that the right person might think this is a five out of five stars. Yeah, I mean, I mean I'm mean, solidly in the grounds of, of two out of five, 2.5 out of five. I am definitely looking forward to album two. Yeah. Just to see where they go. Yeah, exactly. Because this is just... A debut so after i think there's four years apart on the release of the album i think so yeah so four years you've had to grow and mature there might be something really cool here grow mature and experiment so we'll be listening to that album next episode the album is titled if i don't six all right (laughs) for next episode's match play how about we do you make me sick all right i understand tim but what's the song title (laughs) got pink Pink. Yep. All right. Of Mice and Men. Okay. Holy Child. Okay. And Egypt Central. Another fatal four-way. Yeah. Well, Matt, got anything else? I don't think so. Let's go disc.
follow us on Twitter at Frisky Discs. You can find this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find your podcasts.